Welcome to the SEM Podcast. We have another episode here with myself, Jack Bryce, and Zach Hewlett hosting you again. And tonight we're joined by Jeremiah Johnson. Jeremiah, where are you calling from? I'm actually calling from my office at work, um, so I don't wake up my kids, in, in uh, Port Angeles, Washington. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited. We'll start off uh, just learning about how you ended up in Scotland, if there's any story behind getting your call or getting on a mission itself, and uh, then we'll skip over. We'll review what you've been up to since you got back, and then we'll go back and reminisce. So if you want to start us out with pre-mission. All right. Uh, so pre-mission. So I've uh, watched a bunch of these podcasts, and everybody usually talks about um, if their goal was always to serve a mission growing up and or if what life event made them want to serve a mission. Um, I grew up knowing I was going to serve a mission. Um, my dad served a mission. My older brother served a mission. My older sister served a mission. So it was always something I was going to do. Um, but the, the summer before um, going on my um, going on a mission, I was I was set on going to Utah Valley. I think Elder Hess ended up going there, um, and I was going to play basketball for him. That was my dream. I was going to play basketball in college uh, near my hometown. Um, so I was all set to do that. Everything was good. Put in my mission papers. Um, and uh, my sister actually got her mission call to Maryland um, a couple months before me. And we were actually we were driving her to the MTC. And before we went to the MTC, um, we stopped and I stopped in the, to check the mail. And there was my mission call. So we stopped at my grandpa's house and a couple of my family members came over and uh, we opened my le- my mission call before dropping my sister off. And I think I stole her thunder a little bit. Um, <laughs> when she went to Maryland and I got I got to go to Scotland and I opened it up and it was oh my, my grandpa went crazy. Uh, my brother, it was I kind of stole her thunder. I felt bad. So I tried to push it back on. Um, it was her day, not mine. Oh, man. So pretty funny. So I got, I technically got my call the day we dropped my sister off. So that was, that was pretty cool. But yeah, I was always going to serve a mission, um, grew up in the church. So I was blessed that way. Very lucky. Um, my dad says I grew up um, LDS country, which we'll get into that, I'm sure, later on. Um, <laughs> so preparing for my mission. And uh, I'm doing all those things, working. I worked as an electrician while I was working out with the um, UV basketball team and um, just getting ready to go. And it came to the time where we, you get serious, right? You start studying more and say, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, and then we get ready to leave. And I remember going to the airport. Uh, my mom and dad drive me to the airport and they we you were still allowed to walk in with people who didn't have tickets then and we walk in um and i see another missionary sitting there waiting for his plane to go to england right because we went to the england mtc and it was uh demron ashton um, i'm still really good friends with him he's one that you definitely need to get on here um cool. the first time i ever met him was on the plane to the mtc and his parents had already left, so he was there all by himself, ready to go. And uh, 
we uh, say my goodbyes to my parents and uh, my mom does the typical mom thing, the, the big hug, tears and everything. And my dad looks at me and he pats me on the shoulder and says, you are not welcome in my house for two years. <laughs> so that was his way of, that was his way of saying, uh, you'll be good, proud of you. But I thought that was funny. We are not welcome in my house for two years. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I got on the plane with uh, Ashton and we went to the England MTC. And what was the time frame of that? Um, October 2006. Okay. Great. Yeah. All right. Actually, so that's... I, I think it was November. I came back in October. There's that you come back like a month short of two years. So I think it was November. Okay. All right. So end of 06 anyway. Yeah. Yep. All right. So let's, we'll skip over now to when you got back. You said October 08, right? Right. Right. And catch us up on what you've been up to since then. Uh, well, so two years later, I get off the plane and see my family and um, just again, same stuff. And my dad says, well, you're welcome back in my house. So two years are up. <laughs> but uh no that was good um got released now i remember them i think i can't remember who said it. another missionary said they had the same experience but i got home um got released from your mission and my dad's like all right you drive home and i automatically drove on the wrong side of the road for a oh, couple no. minutes and it just it's so weird like your brain just transfers everything to that side and just feels normal until it doesn't right yeah um but yeah, then I was home. I had already missed the start of um, college, right, for the fall. So I decided just to to work and to go back to UVU and see if I still had a spot to play on the basketball team. And um, So I started going to those tryouts again. And I actually was working out with the Weber State guys, and I broke my ankle. Um, so it's one of those one of those moments where you're like, ah, oh, my plans, my plans have just been destroyed. <laughs> so I broke my ankle, uh, kind of down for a little bit. I worked again as an electrician for a little while. Um, and then it was a couple months after getting my, my cast off, I believe I was trying to get back into shape and running. And, uh, I had an offer to go play at uh, Salt Lake Community College, and then I got hurt again. So it was one of those just, oh, man, maybe I'm not supposed to play basketball. <laughs> um, but then after that, I was like, all right, I guess I'm not playing sports anymore in college. I'll figure something else out. Um, and I was just doing a kind of a run around my hometown in Huntsville, kind of trying to figure out what to do with life. I mean, served a mission. I was, I thought I did a good job, was going to be blessed and do all this stuff after. And I got a call from my dad who was at a ward um, party. And he's like, you got to get over to the church right now. I was like, ah, oh, dad, I, I'm just getting done with the workout. He goes, no, you got to come right now. So I go to the church and he's talking to some strange guy that I've never met before. And he was a recruiter. He was a, he was a college recruiter that just happened to be visiting that ward because his girlfriend was at that ward. Um, so I got talking to him and I ended up playing up here in Washington. So it was one of those just random things where you think you have stuff figured out, but God sends you somewhere else. 
Um, so I came up to Washington and played. Oh, were you going to say something? I just say that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, recruited, came up to Peninsula College um, and played for two years here. And I actually met my wife here. Um, she was on the women's basketball team. And the way that I met her was our basketball practice was getting over. And I was staying and I was shooting around for a little bit. And her practice was about to start. Um, and she uh, is like, hey, I challenge you to a game of horse. And I said, okay, you're kind of cute. This will be interesting. Um, <laughs> and she starts shooting. And she's making every shot. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Just making everything. And some of my teammates hung around. So they're razzing me, you know, as they do. Like, oh, you're going to get whooped by this girl. And she did. She beat me. She beat me in a game of horse. So some of my teammates watched. They didn't let me down. Her teammates were all coming in. So they were, they wouldn't let me live it down. But I knew she made, she had to be the one after that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, That's, cool. she, That's an amazing story. Yeah. So she beat me. Um, and we started out as just friends um, until I wised up and realized that she was the one the second year going to school. Um, and then we, we decided to get married the, the summer of the second year and we didn't know where we were going to go. She was recruited to some pretty, pretty big schools. Um, I hope she doesn't watch this. She was a better basketball player than I was, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she got recruited to some pretty big schools. And then I got recruited to some, some other schools and we said, okay, if we're going to get married, um obviously that's what's most important so if we're going to play sports still we should go where we are both recruited so i can okay fair enough and uh we both got recruited to a small a small school in uh, new hampshire um new england college and so we're like well both got recruited there so let's go there and we started out our married life in new hampshire freezing cold freezing cold place i don't know if you guys have been there but can't uh, say, cannot say i have can i say do you have well it is beautiful but uh so we started our married life there um we have we of course were the only two married athletes at the at the at that college um <laughs> and it was we had a lot of missionary experiences because of that because um you're like this i had a Oh, was she on the softball team or there was a, another female athlete at the college who for some reason didn't like me, didn't like me at all, which was fine. I was married. So it's like, no, no big deal. <laughs> um, but she, she uh, approached my wife one day and told her why. And then of course, Danica, my wife told me, she said that she didn't like me because she thought I came to college with my wife to find my next wife. <laughs> oh gee a little misunderstanding right so she was telling all these all these other uh people at the college that i was trying to find my next wife and it didn't happen i never found my second one so i've just stuck with danica but uh oh, some things. You, you don't think that uh, there's that much confusion in your own your own uh where you're at but it's pretty funny so we went there for two years um she got her degree in teaching and is a teacher now. She loves it. She's very, very good at it. Um, after college, I got a job working at uh, minor league baseball. Um, I worked in the 
the marketing and the ticket office at uh, the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. Um, they're like the farm team to the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, so, of course, I had to do all the goofy stuff like wear the hot dog suit for the first week and kind of get razzed in that way. And, um, that was a good experience. Um, but uh, I outworked everybody and went from an internship to an actual job with them. Um, and that actually led to an opportunity to then come back to where I'm at now, which is Peninsula College, the school I played at and where I met my wife. And I came back as a activities coordinator who does like the halftime shows and the events and things for games. Um, and then I worked my way up and now I'm the uh, assistant athletic director here which is pretty fun. So I get to deal with all the sports and pretty much whatever the athletic director doesn't want to do. That's what I do. Um, but I've been here for 10 years. And like I said, it's been nice. My, my wife's family is from here and um, they didn't like me at first, but I think they like me now. Um, my wife's, my wife's a convert to the church. Um, she likes to make sure that everybody knows that I didn't convert her. Um, I wish she was here now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> she actually started investigating the church because um, her mom passed away the first year that um, we were playing here, which that kind of happens. People have those events in their lives and they start thinking of stuff. Um, but she started to ask questions and I actually asked her, I said, <laughs> I said, well, I go, I go, do you want to know what I believe? what I believe about the life after this and things. And she said, no. So I didn't tell her. I didn't. <laughs> well, actually I did. I remember I did tell her and she just was good and sat there and listened. But uh, I went home that summer and she actually, I can't remember if she found missionaries or if one of our friends got her to start taking lessons. But anyway, she started taking lessons while I was back home and she didn't tell me. Again, she didn't want she didn't want me in in any part of it, um, but she ended up joining the church and got baptized. I was not invited. I was not invited to her baptism. Yeah. <laughs> she did not want people to think it was a flirt to convert kind of thing. And yeah. So, so she's she's amazing. Um, we talk about um, the more doors you chapped or the more doors you knocked on in the rain, the more attractive or better your wife is. Well, must have been tenfold for member missionary work because I've married above myself. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's kind of um, how that all started. We have two kids, two great kids. Um, we're still we still plan on keeping both of them, even though they drive us crazy. Hmm. Um, Wyatt, my youngest, is three. And uh, he thinks he's Spider-Man. He has Spider-Man suits that he wears around the house. <laughs> and, uh, when he's in that suit, he is Spider-Man. You cannot call him Wyatt. It is Spider-Man. <laughs> That's awesome. As takes, yeah, as soon as he takes his suit off, he's like, I'm, this is Wyatt, Dad. I'm Wyatt. So he's real fun. And then my oldest, um, Ellie, she is six. And she is smart. And she, she's great. Um, I needed to have a daughter first because, uh, again, I, I'm, uh, I like to think I'm tough, but, uh, my daughter has proved me otherwise. She's, she's got me wrapped around her pinky. So I needed a daughter first. Yes. I love it. 
Yep. So that's kind of what's been going on. That's great. And sounds like a lot of fun for yeah. sure. It's been fun. Again, my since being here, my wife and I both got our uh, master's degrees and have, um, kind of put that as a, a focus to better ourselves. And um, we've started a couple couple side businesses that some have worked and some haven't. Um, but it's she's she's been a great partner with all that stuff. That's wonderful. Really good. Yeah, right. she better watch this. I should get some brownie points for this. She's been. <laughs> Sounds like you got the record straight for her. That's she, right. You, you didn't convert her. That's right. That. That's right. So. And whatever stories I tell, if they're not true, they are true because I get to tell them. So that's how it works. <laughs> that's, that's right. How it works. Mm. Absolutely true. All right. You ready to go back then? Let's go oh, back to the man. mission. Oh my gosh, it seems like forever ago. I had to go do some research. Actually, um, I flew home to do some work um, last week. I think I told you. Yeah. I went and found my mission stuff. So I got my I got my journals and everything and <laughs> going through them. And um, luckily, I found my preach my gospel. So I have all the the areas I was in and the missionaries that I served with. So I think I can, I think we can come up with some stories. So perfect. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is an open book test for sure. So all good you reference I, stuff. You can. Yeah. I need it. I need an open book. <laughs> that is for sure. Jeremiah, right. you didn't just fly home for that. Did you? Oh, I, I should have told you that's why I flew home. No. That, would have, that would have been a first on the SEF podcast. Well, I had to fly a few states to home get to go get, go get my stuff. I feel that it would be that important. I was saying this is what you guys are doing is so cool. Like, um, Elder Lucas actually um, told me about it. And um, when he did his told me I needed to watch it. And I watched uh, Coford's and a bunch of those who I'll talk about later that have just, oh, this what you guys are doing is so cool. So thank you for doing this. Great. Thank you. We're, we're always glad to hear people finding it and enjoying it with us. So mm-hmm. it's awesome. All right. So MTC or Scotland, wherever you want to start. Let's, let's start in the MTC. That was my wake up call for sure. The, um, country LDS boy. Um, so you get to England and again, everybody's talked about this a little bit of a, a culture shock for some of us and the houses are all smaller. The cars are all smaller and I'm a, I'm a, a above average height guy. So everything seemed a little bit smaller, um, as well. We can we relate. To, <laughs> we get to the, the England MTC and I feel completely out of place because and I don't know how you guys felt when you guys went to the MTC, but everybody was so much smarter than me. Everybody was so much more prepared than me. Everybody looked more like missionaries than I did. And so it was one of those, oh, man, I got to I'm not welcome in my house for two years. So I got to figure this out. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was really good. A lot of great um, young men becoming men there. But I actually... When in my group was only four, we had a very small group. Um, Elder Peckham, amazing. I'll talk about him. Elder Ashton, um, Elder Gardner. Um, oh, Elder Gardner. Gosh, he's another one you definitely need to get on here. 
Um, and then me, so that was R4. And then, of course, you had the other missionaries going to um, other places. But Elder Peckham and myself were put in a set of three with a Elder Withers, I believe his name was. He was going to uh, Ireland or so. I can't remember. But um, the first time I met Elder Peckham, <laughs> and he better come on here and correct me if I'm wrong. But we go down to the MTC, and if I remember right, the cafeteria area, you walk down the stairs, and it opens up, and there's all those windows. Is that right? Yep. Um, so we walk down there, and it is me and Ashton and Gardner, and we walk down there, and there's this this sweet bro just sitting in the chair, leaned back with his warm drink of some kind, whatever it was, and he had long hair still, and... I was like, who is this guy? And then it was Elder Peckham. He actually got to the mission without cutting his hair. He was, it was just, it was one of those, who is this? Ah, oh, but uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. That was my first experience with him. He got his hair cut later and looked really good. And again, one of the best missionaries and best people I've ever met. Um, but I was, um, like I said, I was a companion set with him. Super smart, super smart um did you guys remember cleaning the mtc do you remember doing that uh all too well well, right right. (laughs) well elder withers um was very good at singing and he wasn't shy about singing um i am not good at singing and uh, we were cleaning the bathrooms and he starts singing he must have been taken by the spirit <laughs> cuz he starts singing all these all the hymns and things and being spiritual well elder ashton and i um look at each other and we start singing um papa mau mau you know what that song is from the oak ridge boys elvira elvira do you know that song oh my gosh so <laughs> Elder Ashton's a country boy too, so we start singing Elvira, boom, pop, boom, pop, mom, and it just sounds great in the bathroom. And uh, Elder Withers got so mad at us. I'll never forget it. You guys need to be more spiritual and you need to be more focused. You guys, we're on a mission and we're just listening to him. And as soon as he's done, we go, boom, pop, mom, mom. <laughs> I don't think he liked us very much, but that's okay. <laughs> Jeez. That's <laughs> but, too uh, funny. But, uh, but the, M- the MTC was great for me. I learned a lot. I mean, put me, got me um, prepared to study and um, just, it was really good. And having the temple right there is amazing. That is such a cool setup. Um, but yeah, that was really good. Um, did you guys write your names on the MTC beds? I don't think yeah, I left my name anywhere. Good. You guys were such Zach good left his name there. on the back of a clock. My, my name's on the back of a clock in one of the downstairs uh, classrooms. Oh, look at that. <laughs> no, mine, I have a picture of it. I uh, don't think I've grabbed it. But I have a picture of it. And just the board when you're sitting on the bottom bunk, you know, they have the boards right there. I just wrote my name. I don't know if it's still there, but Elder Johnson was here in this bunk. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, it was a pretty short time in the MTC, I believe. Um, and then you, you all get in those big white vans and you, you go up to Scotland. And 
Um, you go to the mission home and I had the same experience. I can't remember who the assistants were. I think Elder Hess was talking about it in his, but uh, when we got there and the assistants pick you up and they take you through Edinburgh and they tell you all these lies about all the things that were filmed places where they really weren't. And I wasn't as smart as the other mission. I believed them. I was like, wow, this is amazing. They filmed Braveheart in that park right there. That's amazing. Um, it's so a long-standing they, tradition, apparently. Right. So. At least, at least ten years worth. <laughs> I'm so trying to. Remember, I'm trying to remember who the APs were because that was like my one of my last transfers. Was it in like December? You got there. It must. It must have been, been December. <clears throat> I mean, I have my. I want. I want to say it was Elder Pilkington and whoever he was with. Yes. <laughs> yes, Pilkington. <laughs> he had me fooled. I believed him. I can't remember if he was with the. I don't. I don't think he was with Marcus McBride at that point. I think that was. No, I, I met McBride as a zone leader later. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. No, that's. It's 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 funny though because we're hearing that as a consistency as it keeps coming down the line, <laughs> like we all say to ourselves, "We'll never do that." And I don't remember half of that stuff because I was half awake most of the time, but uh, you know. It's just funny to hear that those that served as the APs did consistently do the same thing to the missionaries. <laughs> well, I believe I was gullible. I believed them. Every every missionary was perfect, <laughs> and they would never lie to me. Is what I thought. So, so I believed all of it. Um, and then I remember again. I get my my dates and stuff mixed up, but. You, we stayed at like a, a Scottish bed and breakfast. Is it that first night you do that? Yep. Um, I remember that you, you just got like a big plate of meat in the morning. It was like every kind of weird meat you can think of um, and beans. So that, that was actually really good. Um, and then I remember the carpet being just this orange brown plaid. And that's all I remember about that bed and breakfast. I don't, I don't remember... I don't, yeah, I don't remember anything else. Just the big meat breakfast and the carpet. Um, and then we go and you go to the, the mission home again, I believe, and they they sort you, right? Um, and other missionaries have said this too, and the same thing happened to us. You get there in this room and all these missionaries that have been out in the field and are experienced and they're coming in and they're telling you stories and you're getting to know some of them. And they all say, oh, you don't want to go to Glasgow. Glad you don't want to go there. That's it, it. Just if you were a good person, the Lord will not send you to Glasgow. <laughs> yeah, but it's just stuff like that. And I remember I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm ready for Glasgow. Um, well, that's where I ended up going. Uh, so I remember um, Elder Bockelt, he's another one you got to get on here. Yeah. Lake Bockelt. Um, oh, man, what an amazing guy. I've got lots of stories about him. But uh, I got, he was my trainer, really, really good. And we got sent, or we got uh, Glasgow Springboy Ward. Um, God, so, so good. Eller Bockle was amazing. Um, one of the, one of my best memories with Eller Bockle was, again, I was trying to be really good. And we had been a couple days in, and I noticed at night, when we were when we were praying before we go to sleep, he was always he was still praying when I was done. He was still praying when I was done. I'm like, man, 
what a spiritual guy to have all this stuff to talk to the Lord about. And I'm just this waste going to sleep. And it was like the, the exactly right. It was, <laughs> it was a couple nights in. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I will pray as long as Elder Bacal is praying. It seemed like a long time. And all of a sudden I hear, <laughs> I hear him snoring. And I'm like, oh, right. Um, but spiritual giant, that one. But I remember that. I was falling asleep when he was praying. That, that was a good one. Good trainer. A lot of good experiences with him. Um, as a trainer, I also remember the first couple of times we went knocking on doors. The member missionary work push hadn't happened quite yet. We were still doing a lot of knocking doors at the beginning. And uh, he took the lead on a bunch of the first ones, of course. And I have it in my journal, and it made me, made me laugh when I read it again. But we were, um, how was it, Drum Chapel? Does that sound right? Yeah. Kind of a pretty sketchy or dodgy area. Um, <laughs> and we're knocking on um, some small high flats, not the big, big ones. And he's like, all right, it's your door. So it was my first door. Like, all right, I've got this. My first door all by myself. And I knock on the door. And I kid you not, it's just like a, a missionary comedy. Opens the door and there's this woman in a robe. And the robe is not closed properly. <laughs> no. And I'm like, oh. And I'm, I'm looking. And I, it's not one of the – there's a saying in Scotland that says that uh, Scotland, the men are men and the women are too. You know that one? <laughs> this woman, <laughs> yes. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know if I said anything or if I just, I don't know, but I just remembered first door, <laughs> boom, there she was in all of her glory. And I'm sure, and Bacal just laughed after that. So that was my first door. So uh, it, it was all uphill from there. Oh man. <laughs> That's great. No, that was, that was pretty fun. Um, we also got to teach a guy, uh, Mark Pedzisai Achitakune um a refugee from africa and i remember bockholt man he again he's such an amazing teacher and we would teach him and i was just in awe at how he could just teach with the spirit and we were teaching mark and uh it was getting close to christmas time so yeah december getting close to christmas time and um bockholt asked him what he wanted and you guys are going to have to help me with the name of the, the band, but they sing the, I want to stand with you on a mountain. You know that song? You know what song, you know what song that is? Yes. Um, God, I'm going to have to remember what the name of the group is. Savage Garden. Savage Garden. So Mark, so Mark was like, I really like Savage Garden. And, and Blake, I can't remember when he but he got it for him. And I remember that being one of the coolest experiences was giving this guy. He was baptized. Um, and we gave him this uh, Christmas time as a present. And we listened to that song over and over in this guy's flat. So every time I hear that, I think of Mark Pedzisai. That's great. That's really good. Um, <laughs> Music memory. Music yeah. memory. I don't remember, like I said, I didn't remember it was Savage Garden, but as soon as that song comes on the oldies radio, I'm like, ah, how's Mark doing? That's great. So that was good. Um, Springboard Ward, very, really good ward. Um, Bishop, was it Bishop Pateranga? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bishop Pateranga, great, uh, great bishop, especially for someone who, like myself, who wasn't confident at first. Again, not feeling like I knew enough or was um, a good enough teacher and all that. He used to come up to me and he'd go, Elder, you just have to Nike it. I was like, what is he trying to tell me? He's like, you're a sports guy. You need to just Nike it. And I was like, do it? He's like, yeah, just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So he was really, really good. Um, Yeah, Bockle was a great, uh, great, great trainer. Oh, man, there's so many things I could talk about with him. Um, the first time I got spit on, I was with Elder Bockholt. That was that was an experience. Um, I learned what Neds were. You guys remember Neds? <laughs> of course. Right. <laughs> uh, non-educated delinquents. That was interesting. Um, yeah, so so many good times with Elder Bockholt. In Glasgow, like I said, in that Springboard ward, we were in a pretty – rough area i mean we would walk home and you had to be you had to just be careful um and not stop everybody on your way home on those nights but that was great <laughs> wow. i can't can't remember where exactly our our flat was but no buckle was he was the trainer i needed that's for sure um but so i went from elder buckle being trained with him to um elder canucci um, I don't know if you knew him. I knew Jason. Yes. Yep. Yep. I I don't actually remember a lot of stuff with him. I know. I mean, he was good, but I don't remember having lots of uh, crazy stories or anything. But um, somebody else or himself will have to come on and tell some stories. Good missionary. Just so I went from him to then I got uh, moved to um julian avenue ward in glasgow knightswood um with elder peckham gosh oh wow yeah really really good so we were the youngest i believe we were the youngest um companionship at the time um and elder peckham was so smart and he is obviously is very smart i hope one day that i will be as smart as he was then i mean man such a smart uh missionary and guy um, but did any of you serve in the Knightswood, uh, Julian Avenue area? I did for two, a couple weeks. It was very, very short. It was like mid-transfer move that I was there. But at the time, we covered – I was with the, the zone leader area. We were in both Spring Boyk and Julian Avenue at the same time. So I, oh, it, okay. it got kind of uh, – to say it was a little bit, you know – watered down i didn't get to have a lot of in-depth um opportunities to meet and uh, get to know a lot of people in two weeks but that's where that's where i was very good well it was um again another pretty rough area um but we never were really scared i did find going through my journals there was two different times in that apartment when we when we woke up or before we were going to bed where there were sirens either in the parking lot at the flats next to us um, or across the street where somebody had died or somebody got murdered. Um, that That's pretty crazy that we were kept safe. But uh, I actually, I remember that looking outside and there's a body bag being taken away. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Make sure to say my prayers and things. Um, but Elder Peckham was really, really good. Did a lot of... Um, 
uh, knocking doors with him. And then we also, that's when they started to push more of the member missionary work is when I was with Elder Peckham. And we actually got to meet um, a, I can't remember them. This is bad. I can't remember the members' names, but they referred us to a guy named Malcolm Mathers. This man is one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my entire life. He was a a member referral, and he was literally the house right next door. You guys remember the houses are like this far apart, so it's not like we had to go very far from the members to his house if we needed to join teach. <laughs> but uh, Malcolm Mathers, Miller um, Peckham and I got to teach him. Very smart guy, very faithful guy. Um, I can't remember exactly what he was, what his job was when we met him, but I know he was high up um, at his career. But we were teaching him at a point in his life when he was having some, um, just some family trouble, and um, I remember we taught him the plan of salvation. And something just clicked with him. Um, Elder Peckham was amazing at teaching the lesson, and the spirit was really strong. And I fumbled my way through and uh, bore testimony, and something just clicked with him. And from that point on, we it was every lesson was just great. He he studied and and knew more than we did by the time we got there. He ended up joining the church, and the crazy thing was. They didn't tell us all the stuff about what was going on in his life at that point, but he joined the church and he ended up, um, he got a divorce, which is a bummer, but his wife left him because he joined the church. He wasn't able to see his daughter for a while because he became a member of the church. Um, but he was so faithful and so strong and it is just such a example to us. Um, he ended up getting remarried later on and, um, his daughter got to come around but amazing guy malcolm mathers um i've kept in contact with him a little bit over the years probably should reach out to him uh, more but yeah he was great great convert to the church um gosh yeah so i remember walking with elder peckham a lot and there was uh i think i sent you guys a picture of it i don't know if you saw it there's a <laughs> Elder Peckham is, like I said, very, very smart, educated, and from California. Him and I looked and acted and talked very different. I have a slower country accent, and uh, the members and the people we were talked to always compared us to like the dumb country boy and the smart city kid. Um, and there was this place, and I, I sent you a picture. I can't remember exactly where it was, but there's these two shops right next to each other. One of them is called Johnson's and the other one's called Peckham's. And it fit, oh, it fit perfect because Johnson's was like your ace hardware, um, like low end, like just one of those like, oh, blue collar guys. And uh, Peckham's was like this high fancy organic food place. And so we took <laughs> a picture of that and we're like, this is perfect. It's meant to be elder. We needed to serve together. Um, it's so good. <laughs> but he again he was a great great companion i remember um we had a lesson and we were getting a ride home from the ward mission leader again i'm terrible with names guys i apologize um but we just left the the lesson and the ward mission leader peckham was in the front i was in the back 
and, the, and we're driving and the ward mission there's just praising the lesson. Oh, he's like, oh, that was good. So good. Elder Peckham, that was really, really good. And he goes, but Elder Peckham, I think we need Elder Johnson to teach the next lesson. And I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, because Elder Johnson's a little bit slower and more of a blue collar guy. And I think this guy will understand him better. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I see how it is. But uh, no, a lot of good times with Elder Peckham. Oh, man, there's so many stories. I might have to bounce back to him. Um, but after Elder Peckham, um, actually with Elder Peckham, we had a, another three set. We we co-trained Elder Walker. Um, Elder Walker was from England. Big, big guy. He's actually... He's actually some kind of uh, professional weightlifter now. I mean, he's a big guy. Um, hmm. But uh, we were on, we were on exchange. We were on, I think we were on splits or something. And it was just me and Elder Walker one night. And we're getting, I'm getting ready for bed, and I hear singing. I said I'm a bad singer, but Elder Walker is. Woo, he was not good at all. And I hear this singing from the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he's singing, um, what was it? It was like, praise to the man or glory to God. Yeah, glory to God in the highest. And he's singing it. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be funny. So I record the record him singing. And I, I have it. I should have sent it to you. And he's just singing. And he finishes the song. And without skipping a beat, he goes from that to my milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm just dying. I'm trying not to laugh outside the bathroom and I'm recording him singing. I'm like, oh, that was great. Oh, man. Uh, Elder Peckham and I trained him. <laughs> uh, that, there were some good times there. Um, and then after that, I have to look at my notes real quick. After that, um, oh, Elder Peckham left. I think he, I think he went to um, Edinburgh. And then I trained a Elder Van Leuven. Elder Van Leuven was from California. Um, <laughs> I, I, I nicknamed him Captain America because he was he was a strong kid, proud to be an American, loud, which again, you know, the Scottish love that. Um, <laughs> very confident guy. And I remember... Uh, going on lessons with him and doing things and um gosh one of the the toughest things with him is he didn't like to wake up he just wasn't a morning person and i grew up waking up early and working and uh i would get up and he'd still be sleeping like captain america you gotta get up you gotta get up we gotta get studying uh just a couple more minutes and i remember literally flipping over the bed i don't know if you guys ever did that but just mattress i'm like elder you gotta get up Flipped him out of bed, and he was still sleeping. I don't know how he did it, but he was still <laughs> sleeping on the floor. But, man, he turned out he was a great missionary. Um, I actually found a picture going through the stuff that I left him. Um, after. So after him, um, I went with um, Elder Hess. I went up to Elder Hess um, in... Dundee, but I left this picture. I don't know if you guys can see it. Obviously, that's me without the beard. 
Um, but I left it. This is when Hammer Time started. I know you guys have talked about this. So Hammer Time yeah. started to come in. And so I was trying to be this this perfect disciplined missionary and just set, trying to set the standards high. And so I left this picture of me with Elder Van Leuven and I put on it and I said, I've got it written here. I said, you're the boss now. I said, have, I have faith in you. Work hard. Be blessed. Baptize. Don't be a waster, Captain America. Wake up on time. <laughs> and then I forgot about this. <laughs> Him and I got along really well, but I had this little thing where um, if he wasn't listening, I'd say, you know what, Elder? I think your nose would look better on the back of your head. Meaning like I was going to hit him if he didn't, if he didn't straighten up. And I wrote this, so I, I left this and he actually photocopied it. And this is a photocopy of it that he sent back to me later on in my mission. So that's cool. Oh, uh, Van Leuven, he'd be a good one to bring on here. I think he's still in California. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Cool. I don't know if you guys ever had those fun experiences as trainers where you just you're trying to be really, really good, and 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 you try to uh, make sure that all the rules are followed. I don't know if you ever had any a companion that you had to wake up or anything. No, you guys didn't. All oh, perfect. Jack well, trained. Jack trained. Jack trained me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't you doing the waking up, you guys had to be the ones that needed waking up. <laughs> no, we. I definitely. I trained Elder Marsh. If you met him or knew him on the mission, and. New Elder Marsh and Elder Marsh had a few moments where we had to shake him out of bed, but otherwise he was very diligent. He he kept me in the the straight and narrow more often than I did him. So I just had a super annoying alarm clock, so nobody was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I completely. I, was, I guess I was the super annoying alarm clock to Elder Van Leuven. So again, great missionary. Definitely try and get him on here. Um, very good. So I went from there and I finally got out of Glasgow. Um, oh, wait a minute. I got, I got some more Glasgow stories. I love Glasgow looking back at it. Um, I must've been, it must've been with Bockholt. Um, but if you were in Glasgow, anytime there was a, a football match, um, and the home team lost, we were told that you needed, well, any football match you had to be home earlier i don't know if you guys have heard that right? mm -hmm. because the streets are not safe and people are crazy um but i must have been with other buckle but we got on the bus and we were late from not late as in breaking the rules late but just late for that night because the football match got over and it was crazy there was like cars on fire and people going nuts in the street and I'm sitting and we get on the bus to head back home and I'm sitting there looking out the window and all of a sudden just on the side of the window, uh, it must've been a bottle of beer or something just shatters on the window and there's people. Yeah. I was like, this is insane. Um, so we it never, it was definitely buck fast, buck fast, <laughs> <laughs> a bottle of Bucky. That's right. Iron Brew would have eaten through the side of the bus. <laughs> Man, did you guys ever drink that stuff? I never tried it. Good yeah. for you. You're going to live a lot longer than all of us that tried it. Yeah, that was a that was a rule when we were in the mission, Jack. Right? Yeah, that doesn't mean <laughs> missionaries didn't have it in the flat. But <laughs> that was a rule not to drink it. 
It was against the rules to drink it. Well, good. We drank it I, and then it became a rule. Ooh, it was bad stuff. I, I avoided it until probably my last six weeks. Someone was like, before you go home, you have to try this. I was like, fine. <laughs> and it wasn't anything special. So. Right. Uh, but it, so it must have been. But yeah, that was a crazy night. And I think that was the first night I, I had an interaction with somebody with a with a Chelsea smile. Did you? So you know the Glasgow smile, where it's the uh, um, where they put knife or a bottle and they go from here up. They just go up, right? So I mean, you saw that in Glasgow all the time. People with these big um, Joker off the Batman kind of scars up their face. But there was a guy. It must have been the same night. He came on the bus and he had two. He had two up the side of one one side, and it must have been Elderbockle. Told me it was a Chelsea smile, and I was like, "What is that?" He said, "Well, they they do it twice so that when you're sewing up one of them, the other one splits open wider." I was like, "Oh my, oh my gosh, gosh, why are we out here? Like, let's let's get back to the flat." That Glasgow was crazy. Oh my so, gosh, I, I I don't remember. I don't remember hearing about that. That's crazy. The Chelsea smile, a double. So I never got one of those. Lucky for me, that would have been. I might not have been. Uh, I might have grow my beard out sooner if I did. If that happened. Wow. But so um, from Glasgow. Oh, God, I keep thinking of all these Glasgow stories. Um, did you guys ever get um, bottles thrown at you? No, I didn't have bottles. Maybe rocks. But rocks. Rocks and eggs. Eggs. Right. <laughs> so this one, this was with El, this one was with Elder Peckham. We were just walking down the street, going from a lesson, um, and there are the their Neds throwing stuff at us, and they're they're not very good at throwing things. There's no, they, they can't hit you. I mean, they could be like ten feet from you, and they can't throw and hit you. So we weren't worried. But they started kicking stuff at us. And they were hitting us every time. So it must be all the football and saw all that stuff. But, man, I remember yeah. getting hit with a bottle from a kid, just kicked it, boom, hit on the side. And we actually started talking to him because I was like, well, that was such a good shot. Come here. <laughs> we actually got to talk to him for a while. but uh, So the rule became, or I guess not the rule, but the, if they threw stuff at you, you were safe. But if they kicked stuff at you, you had to run because they're a lot better shot that way. That makes sense. Well, Glasgow. <laughs> Love that place. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> Which is funny because I live in um, Port Angeles, Washington now, and there's a lot of similarities to some of the parts of Port Angeles as there are in um, Glasgow. It's rainy all the time. There's pot shops on every corner. It's just like being home in Glasgow. <laughs> Uh, so I went from there um, with uh, Eller Van Leuven, and I got to serve with Eller Hess, another amazing missionary. I must have been the worst companion of all these missionaries because I had great companions, so I must have been the, the bad one. But uh, Eller Hess was great. Um, like I said, he ended up playing soccer, I think, for uh, Utah Valley, I believe. But, man, he was so good. We used to go to um, – try and teach people at like the park or things. And he would just, and he would just tear them up and they wouldn't believe he was American. Um, <laughs> very disciplined missionary. I've, I learned a lot from him. Um, I'll be, how to be a leader on the mission and 
um, how to teach as a leader and teach missionaries. Very good. I wasn't with them for very long, just one, um, just one round. And then I went from there. Dundee's beautiful. Did you guys get to serve in the Dundee area? Not in the both, wards there, but both yeah. served in the zone. We served in the zone. Gosh, I'd, if I went back to Scotland, I would, I'd go there. I might skip Glasgow, but I'd go to Dundee. No, I'll go back to Glasgow. But the <laughs> beautiful place. And I wish I wish I remembered the more people and names better. But I remember the wards were great. That was a fun time. Um, taught a lot. I remember we taught a lot with Elder Hess. He was really, really good. Um, after that, um, I got, I got sent back to Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't learn my lesson. I didn't learn what I needed to learn, I guess. So I went from, uh, with Elder Hess as a zone leader with him, um, went back down to Glasgow with Elder Lucas. You guys had him on. Gosh. Troublemaker. Um, troublemaker. Trouble, trouble. What a. Ah, what a mountain of a man for such a small guy. Gosh. Um, <laughs> great missionary. I, I have a lot of respect and appreciation for that guy. We still keep in contact. He uh, um, he actually married a gal that's friends to a, um, to a gal from my hometown. Just random. Just oh, wow. Random. So he's, yeah, we're actually going to. I'll probably see him in the summer. Um, I think he's coming over. But yeah, Elder Lucas, you've heard the the stories about the mighty Elder Lucas. Um, this is when the the hammer time came into effect with me. Elder Lucas used to heal. He didn't say this. He used to make me bring a razor when we would go out every day. And uh, he would have me shave closer to our last appointments because he said my uh, five o'clock shadow was too was too dark. I needed to I needed to shave again. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, so good, so good. <laughs> no, he was very, very good. Mission. Another another very very smart guy. Amazing teacher. Um, again, learned learned a lot from him. Um, I did send you. I think I sent you a picture with him and the and President Frederick's granddaughters. I thought it was a great picture, a redeeming picture for him to show everybody that he still has a heart. Um, he's there drawing with them. Um, but I also wanted to, to send it to him because President Frederick's granddaughter is about the same height as him. <laughs> so I have to send that for, one. For, for those watching, this is the picture. Elder Lucas is a good guy. He's a tough guy, but he, he was an amazing, amazing missionary. He, oh. yeah. How old was his granddaughter at that point in time? She was probably three. No, I don't know how old she was. <laughs> this, but no, that was a good picture. That's one of my favorite pictures. Of him. Oh goodness. Um, yeah, you guys have heard all the stories about him coming in as the, as the. Um, hammer time missionary and strict rules and but there was a lot of um care and worry for missionaries from him i mean i remember spending a lot of time by the time i got with elder lucas we spent a lot of time teaching missionaries and teaching um investigators and things and some of the most spiritual lessons and meetings i had with elder lucas was actually teaching other missionaries again 
I was with a, a companion who was so much smarter and so much uh, more in tune with the spirit than I was. And it was just amazing to be with him. Um, but yeah, so he, he's a good guy. Don't let all those scary stories fool you. He was, he was a good guy trying to do uh, what was right and what was best. And, um, and so many Lucas, other Lucas stories. He was a crazy driver, though. Man, did you guys ever have crazy driving companions that, oh, I've, well, man, I was more close. I prayed more when he was driving probably than, uh, than that night. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Yeah. No uh, fear in that one. Oh, man. He was good. So, yeah, we went back to Glasgow, <clears throat> taught a lot of people. Um, uh, at that point when we came back, Malcolm Mathers had been a member for, for a couple months now, and he was a rock star. We would take him out on member missionary or lessons and, oh, so good. Such a good time with Elder Lucas. Um, gosh, I, I wish I could just, all these stories are, are blanking on me. I'll have to jump back. I apologize for me jumping back and forth. Um, from Elder Lucas. Elder Lucas sent me the same picture that you sent about the car that was in the tree. Do you want to yes. tell that story? Yeah. Because he, he sent that to me and said, ask Jeremiah about this experience. Oh, that's actually back with Elder Hess. I, I believe that was with Oh, Elder even Hess. better. No. <laughs> I, he was with Elder Stringfellow, right? Elder Stringfellow's in that picture. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Was he a – were they were they assistants? If they were assistants, it wasn't when I was with Hess. That must have been with I when I was with. Looks Willis like Hess. the assistant's car. Yeah, so that comes later, but I'll tell the story now because it's a good one. <laughs> so sorry I to jump with, ahead on. No, you. this is good. Like I said, I keep jumping around. So I'll jump back to serving with Elder Lucas the first time in Glasgow after this story, but I believe I was with Elder Fistler, um, still back in Glasgow at this point. Um, and uh, we just got hammer timed by the assistants. So they came up and they were like uh, helping us. Elder Fisser gave a good definition of what hammer time was. It was more of a, we got to be more righteous. We need to be uh, more, more um, pushing the Lord's work forward in righteous ways and um, not being slothful. But it, sometimes it came across as like, oh, man, you're a, you just got to get going. But uh, so the assistants came up to our flat and hammer timed us spiritually. <laughs> and uh, we were feeling pretty down, like, oh, we need to do better. We need to, we need to be more faithful and work harder. And we hear this, smash. And they crashed the car, almost going off that ledge. That tree probably saved their lives. But in a way, I think that was maybe the Lord saying, you guys need a little hammer time too. So here's like being humble. <laughs> so did they drive over that edge? Yeah, is that crazy? Oh I have the picture right here. Let me look at it. I mean, there's Elder Luke. Oh, yeah, because Elder Hess was with them. Is that right? I can't remember. But anyway, so crash that, and that saved that tree saved their lives. They better have taken a leaf or a stick from that tree and put it in their scriptures because that. You can see that ledge is pretty steep. They were for those of you watching. Here's the picture. That's the assistance car that's not all the way on the road. 
<laughs> it's like a good 10 foot drop off there too. That's hammer time and it's finest right there. <laughs> Jeez. Gosh, man, again, I wish I, I had a better memory. I'm pretty sure they were assistants and elder Hess was, um, ah, I don't want to say anything that's wrong, but anyways, they, they were the assistants at that time and crashed the car and, they were safe. <laughs> I told you other Lucas was a crazy driver. He must have been driving. <laughs> the other string fellow wasn't it wasn't good driving either. So it could have been him also. Yeah, pretty funny. That is funny you have that picture too. That's great. Anyway, so back. So I'll jump back to serving with Elder Lucas. Um so after Elder after Elder Lucas. Um, I got out of Glasgow again for a little bit. Well, we were with Elder. We were in another three set for a while with Elder Smith. Elder Smith from Idaho. Um, he was good. Uh, he wasn't with us very long. Very good missionary. We actually saw quite a few baptisms with him. I have a couple pictures with him at some baptisms. Great, great teacher. Um, country boy as well made me feel comfortable. Um, so he was with us for a little bit. Um, and then he went, I think he went home after serving with us. And then I got transferred up to, um, serve with elder Hardy. I believe it was with elder Hardy and, uh, elder Cassidy. Oh, elder Cassidy. When, when I grow up, I want to be as cool as elder Cassidy. You guys need to get you need to get him on. Um, oh man, he was so good. We we were in um, Aberdeen together. Did either of you serve in Aberdeen? Yeah. Yes, I did. Oh my gosh, who was the? What's the ward there? Bridget Dawn. Bridget Dawn. Yeah. So other Cassidy, um, really good. We were in a an apartment with like four. It seemed like a lot more. It was like four or six missionaries total in this uh, little apartment thing. Um, and my first night there, they bought this giant pizza. It's, it's weird, the stuff you remember. is this giant pizza that in my head, it's like the size of the entire table. You're not in your head. Do you remember that? Oh, I remember those pizzas. Oh, my goodness. Gosh, they were They were huge. Huge. Like you, you, you couldn't wrap your arms around these things that were humongous. I can't remember where we got them, but I remember it often. They just showed up. They were just always there. These giant pizzas. Whoever ordered them, it might have been Elder Calhoun or someone who um, ordered them. No, oh, they're huge pizzas. Um, and I remember that they got they got them. My first night there, the pizza was like chicken and jalapenos, and oh my gosh. I don't, think, I don't think anybody slept that night in a house full of six other guys. There's, it's funny I'm getting plenty of stuff to remember. But Elder Cassidy, you want to talk about a spiritual, um, in tune, humble teacher? Learned a lot from that guy as well. Even though we didn't serve together for a long time, um, we got to study a lot. He got he got sick um, while we were together for a couple of days, and we actually got to be bonded pretty good and. And got to study and actually um, prepare for people more um, intimately, if that makes sense. Like we got to study, a, we got to plan a lesson for more than a night. 
because we didn't get to see people for a couple of days because he was sick for a little bit. And I remember the day when he when he was better when we went out and taught. It was it was amazing because we had so much more time to prepare lessons. Miller um, Cassidy, he's another one you need to get on here. So we were zone leaders in in Aberdeen together. Um, What's his first name? Because I'm Brady. I'm, Brady. 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 Do you still have contact with him? Because he's one that I I don't know that I have any connections to him. I'll see if I can reach out. I have I follow him on all his social media stuff. Like I said. I want to be as cool as him when I get older. He's a good guy. <laughs> I love um, it. Um, when, before I keep going, reading and trying to catch up and getting stories to prepare for this, I noticed during my time serving in Scotland, a lot of the first companions I had, I have a lot of stories um, or uh, writing about teaching lessons or people on the street or getting attacked on the bus because we were Americans and all these things. But as I got further into my mission, the lesson or the things I wrote down tended to be more about, I'm worried about this missionary. I hope we can help them. And I hope we can. So I don't know if you guys had that experience as you got further in the mission, things kind of changed for you. But by the time I was with Elder Cassidy, we, we spent a lot of time worrying about other missionaries. And I wrote a lot about them. It was kind of cool to read some of that stuff. So Elder Cassidy, I love you. That was a good time with him. Um, and then he moved on. I can't remember where he went from there. And then I got the famous Elder Halford. You guys had him on. Tobias. Yes. Tobias. Oh my gosh. What an amazing, what an amazing guy. Um, him and I are very different. Very, very different. He had the best hair and the best. Like he, he was a hair, well, not a stylist. What are they called? He cut hair. What what? He was he was a hairdresser, hairdresser, or a barber. A barber. I, I had been cutting my hair my like as long as I can remember from junior high to high school. It was just line the boys up in my family, and we'd just get out a razor and buzz our heads. Um, <laughs> so we never had much style. And uh, I actually had to grow my hair out to go on a mission, which was great. All my friends had to cut their hair, and I had to grow mine out. <laughs> um, but I've been cutting my own hair all the way through my mission until serving with Elder Halford, and he did a much better job. He was very – Elder Halford is another one of those missionaries that um, still to this day, listening to his podcast with you guys, you could just feel the – the love he has for people and the, the humility and the, the respect for our, everybody. He was such a good missionary. Um, did I send you the picture? God, it was so fun finding all these pictures and stuff. Um, <laughs> I sent it to you. He was, he, he was not a hammer time missionary, which was good for all of us, but he would try to, to correct people and to help get them to be more strict. But he would start laughing when he was trying to um, tell people they needed to be, to, to do better or work harder. And he would start laughing and it just would lose all effect. <laughs> but uh, I think we needed it. We needed Eller Halford. Uh, He's just a very jovial type of person. You know, he, it's hard. It, you saw it in our interview with him. He's just, he just has like that 
glow that makes you want to smile and chuckle when you're with him. He's just, that's the type of person he is. Right. So good. Such a good guy. But uh, I have a picture of him um, driving. Oh, a lot. <laughs> um, so I, for my first couple of areas, didn't have a car, which is normal. Drove, rode the bus a lot. Um, and then when I went up to, I think El, with Elder Hess was the first time we had a car. And I was still driving on my American license. And you, you can do that for a year, right? Right. Um, so I, was, I did that. And then when I got up to Aberdeen, um, I, I've been out for a year and we had, you had to take your driving test. <clears throat> and I remember a lot of American missionaries would fail the first time. And I'd been driving cars since I was 10. I grew up in the country. So we were driving cars to just cause that's what you did. You're driving trucks to haul hay and do things. And we would actually drive ourselves to our driving lessons when we were 16. Um, but so I was pretty confident in driving and I passed it first time feeling really good. And then I lost my license with elder Halford the first two weeks I had it because I got speeding tickets in Aberdeen, like one day. And then the next from those speed traps. Do you remember those? The yep. cameras? Oh, I God. Passed, everything was great. I passed it first time. No problems. I've been driving for the, about all that time till then never had a ticket. And then the first week or two with Eller Halford, I get tickets and I lose my license and I can't drive the rest of my time. So Christian um, Lucas rubbed off on you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the good and some of the bad. If <laughs> off on me, that's for sure. Oh gosh. Oh man. Oh, I keep bouncing all over the place. Um, speaking again of Ella Lucas, I think it might've been Ella Lucas and Ella Coford came and did a flat inspection one day when I was in Glasgow. I might've been with Ella Peckham still. I think it was Ella Lucas. I know it was Ella Coford, but anyways, they were doing a flat inspection again. Hammer time had just started moving when then, and they were going through stuff. And I think they wanted to like, they wanted to find something to throw away, but I had literally nothing. I don't know how you guys packed and did stuff when you were serving, but I had nothing. I didn't bring much from home. I didn't have pictures on the wall. I didn't. And I remember Eller Coford was disappointed. And I think he actually gave me a tie during the flat raid because I didn't have stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. I still have that. tie. <laughs> Everybody else was getting stuff taken and I got stuff given to me. If that means that says anything about how the uh, just didn't have anything. Um, but anyways, back up to Elder Halford. Elder Halford was good. And then I um, got I call, got called back down to Glasgow. I just couldn't get away from Glasgow. <laughs> I think I spent over, over a year total there. Easy, easy over a year total in Glasgow. Um, and so I was a zone leader there back in that same julian avenue ward i think elder lucas said that the the members in his when he was talking with you guys the members hated him because they thought that he got rid of me do you remember that when he was telling that story yeah it was probably true they liked me there but i think the only reason they liked me there is because they didn't like elder lucas <laughs> <laughs> but uh went back to that same ward um with elder fistler um and Elder Fissler talked about this. That was probably the toughest time in my uh, 
of my mission as well. It was, I, I think I have, I think I read it actually this today. Elder Fistler and I were just so, so uh, set on being um, the best we could be, just like all missionaries. But I remember it, we were at, at a point where baptism started going down. I mean, there's ups and downs, and there's sometimes when there's lots of baptisms and lots of lessons and things are going great, and then stuff goes down for a while. Well, Elder Fistler and I were zone leaders in Glasgow when it started to go down in numbers, which again, um, aren't the numbers aren't the most important, the people behind them are, but uh, the numbers started to go down and we started feeling a little bit of pressure. Um, Lucas and I think it was Stringfellow were assistants then, and they were trying to uh, motivate us to do more. But I just remember we had such a, um, a challenging time serving together, but he was great. Man, he's a good missionary. Um, he started, he talked about it in his podcast. He started losing his hair. Um, and I think mine started growing out faster. So I think that probably made him more mad. Um, but I remember, I remember the, uh, the pin, the day the, the hammer pin broke. I don't need to tell that story again, but you remember that story he told the, the day yeah. the hammer pin broke? It was like a, it was like a relief off of our shoulders. We're like, all right, it's time to, to take what we've learned from hammer time and discipline and work ethic and just working insanely hard and applying more, um, love involved with it. So that hammer time, it sounds silly, but that pin was a pivotal moment in, in Ella Fistler, my, uh, missionary career. But, uh, another one was Yvonne Cowie. He talked about her a little bit. Yeah. What an amazing woman. Um, he met her on splits with Elder Talbot. You need to get him on, Elder Talbot. Yeah. There's a, a, a country boy for you. He's, I think he's still in Utah. What was his first name? We'll I'll figure try, it out. Yeah, I'll try and get that for it. So Elder Talbot. So they went on splits and found her. And I don't know if you guys had this experience too as missionaries, but it seemed like when you were teaching the gospel to people that were very receptive of it um, and it just clicked and the spirit was there, you ended up learning just as much or not more. Um, I had that experience with Malcolm Mathers, with, with um, Yvonne Talley, with Patricia, with Yvonne and Julian Brown. I mean, all these people that we got to teach that I see, it felt like I was learning more, if that makes any sense. Um, but the Yvonne Towie was one of them. Um, what a great, strong gal. She was a gymnast. I don't know if Elder Fistler mentioned that. She would always wear these cutoff shirts and she always, she had big, strong arms and I'm pretty sure she could, she could probably take both me and Fistler if she wanted to, she could have taken us out. Um, but yeah, that was a great, um, that was kind of the, um, the light in that. Um, time serving in Glasgow was Yvonne Talley kind of putting things back into perspective for Elder Fistler and I. And so good. Such a good missionary, Elder Fistler. I'm glad you guys had him on before me. I got to listen to his and um, he'd said a lot of stories that made me think of stuff that happened with us. And good guy, really, really good guy. Um, Is it Stetson Talbot? Stetson Talbot. What a perfect <clears throat> name for a country guy. Stetson Talbot. <laughs> 
Good guy. That beats Jeremiah Johnson, that's for sure. Um, oh, but, come on. They're on par. No, yeah, get him on here. He's he's a, He was a great missionary. Um, so, yeah, I served with Ella Fistler. We ended up having a lot of um, success and learning experiences together. Man, I wish – I wish we could man, just read my journal. That would have been fun. I was an awful speller, so you wouldn't want me to read my journal. I had to. It was bad. <laughs> um, so I went from Elder Fistler in Glasgow, and then I was back with Elder Lucas. I, something There's something with me and Elder Lucas. The universe just needed me to learn more from him because I couldn't get away from that, that little dude. Um <laughs> So I went back with Elder Lucas. Um, I went to Edinburgh, um, was an assistant with Elder Lucas. Um, that was that was good times. I think we sent Elder Coford home. Um, ah, Elder Coford was fun. Did you get that picture of Elder Coford I sent you? I mean, it's a typical picture of Quinn. Right. You guys probably have lots of those ones. Um, he's got his uh, uh, tartan towel on did you guys ever get those we had members that would give us tartan towels i don't know if they just had too many of them in scotland but man we got them all the time i wish because this thing's a gem right here look, look at, at this that. quid coford cool. in all his glory gosh now if that doesn't scream hammer time missionary <laughs> gosh no he was that was good yeah those uh we have those hats too i think i still have one of those hats with the fake red hair in the back I've got I have one. I have two one of those. I see you, Jimmy yeah. hat. Jimmy hats. That's what they're called. Jimmy. Jimmy hats. Those are those are gems right there. <laughs> that's right. And I had. Did you guys pick up uh, a little bit of an accent at all when you were serving? And when you came home, did you have any type of Scottish accent? I carried enough of it that my wife still says pants when she gets mad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I had friends. I had one friend in particular. He served in Ireland and got home about maybe 10 months before I did. And two or three days after I got home, they came over and just sat and asked me questions to listen to me talk because they said I I didn't realize it, but I, I spoke with the same flow as as those from Scotland. And I didn't realize it. But like if I listen back to it, I, I had a definite accent that was pretty pronounced nice. and uh i've told this story once before i don't remember which podcast it was but my my f- claim to fame was one time i w- when i was training elder marsh we were on a doorstep and i knocked on the door and did a door approach and the guy who answered the door said what part of scotland are you from and i said i'm from america he goes oh my gosh you, your accent's bang on i was like yeah that's right <laughs> That was pretty good. I was only I'd only been in the mission for a little about a year at that point in time. So good I got, on you. I, I had it flowing. It was amazing. I don't think I ever had one. I don't think I was blessed to have a Scottish accent. It just didn't fit with the country drawl, I guess. I bet if you I bet if you could go back, you would you could tell a difference. Yeah. If there was video footage or something, it'd be there. I think I'm glad there's not video footage. <laughs> fun times a mission is an amazing thing i know you guys um you've had similar experiences going to scotland but um 
one of the best things about we always say my mission, but we know it's not really your mission. You're serving a mission for the Lord, but it's easy. It's easiest to say my mission. But um, the difference between the the mission experience I had and the mission experience some of my friends had that went to other missions, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, I know the couple of missionaries on here have talked about the difference between President Fredericks and President Vrains. Vrains. Yep. So I never had, I just had President Frederick the whole time. Um, but I would get pictures and letters from some of my friends and other missions and they would be like one of them uh, to save his his name and reputation. I had a friend who he sent uh, a letter to me just asking about mission and all that stuff. And he sent a picture and it was him and a bunch of other missionaries. And this will kind of this might give away where he served. They were all in giant foam cheese hats. You know where he was? Foam cheese hats. And they're in this. <laughs> They're in their apartment and there's like game boards everywhere. I mean, I'm sure they were good missionaries, but I'm so glad that I served in a mission that was in plainness was more strict. By the time I got there, it was more um, strict and following the rules. And I think that I needed to go there. Um, So, yeah, I'm grateful to have been able to be there in Scotland during that time with missionaries like... um, Elder Martin, man, he was great when he was on here. Yeah. Um, Elder Martin, if you watch mine, thank you. I have a a mission journal entry that talks all about the first time I met you, um, and how you used to how you taught like yourself, and it gave me confidence that hey, I'm a, a country boy. I don't have to try and be anything different. I can teach like a country boy. So Elder Martin, thank you. He is a tough guy. And he was serving with Elder McConkey at the time, um, another missionary who, so smart, put on a pedestal. You just look up to these guys as a young missionary and try to be like them. Kind of, kind of fun reminiscing about those guys. Elder O'Brien, I'd put in that same category. I'd think of those guys and think, ah, I'm never going to be as smart or as spiritual as those guys. So thank you for raising the bar for me. That was, gosh, so so many good missionaries. Um, now I'm lost track. Where was I at? Lucas, back with other Lucas, <laughs> the one missionary that I looked up to, but I had to look down at. Um, such a good missionary. Um, so I was with him serving as a assistant. <laughs> He's gonna kill me. I I can't wait to talk to him. <laughs> I'm um, laughing because he's going to take it and he'll take it well. Oh, yeah. Gosh, what a, again, I feel bad that he got a rap for being this. Um, I don't know if this is the appropriate word, or but a Nazi missionary. But, man, he was such a good missionary. And like I said, his focus was just trying to be as faithful and obedient so that we could be blessed. Um, so I was very lucky to serve with him multiple times and to be hammered by him multiple times. Um, but again, so I served with him, um, before he went home and then I got to serve with Elder Halford again. I actually think we were there, uh, for the, and another three set for a little bit. They did that a lot. Um, maybe cause I needed to have two missionaries to lift me up, <laughs> but I was in a lot of three sets. Um, so we were with him. Then there's me and Elder Halford for a little bit with Elder Lucas and then I got to serve with Elder Ashton. Um, we're still great friends to this day. 
Um, he's you got to get him on here. He is such a good guy. He was such a good missionary, still is. Um, but uh, so him and I served together, and he's a big guy. So like I said, I'm above average height, not huge, um, but he's a big guy, and he's a big guy. I'm a I'm a skinny guy. He's a big guy, um, and we were never afraid to walk down any streets together because we like towered over people. Um, but he was another very, very good missionary, amazing teacher. Um, again, at that point we were doing a lot of traveling and teaching at zone conferences and teaching other missionaries. Um, gosh, you're so good. Again, he's the one we sang Oom Papa Mau Mau with. So a lot of good stories with Elder Ashton. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, he's, he's the one I keep in contact with the most. He's uh, down in Tremont in Utah. I'll get you guys, I'll get you his information. Spiritual giant of a man, that one. Um, oh, love that. Um, gosh, I wish I had. <laughs> the Some of the things that I remember with him is we did a lot of picking up um, President Frederick late at night. And it always felt weird picking up the president of the mission home after hours. Because <laughs> you tried to be these obedient missionaries, but you always had to go pick them up from things. And gosh, what a busy life to be a mission president. Um, we got to meet Elder Holland when I was there. In the, I think I was in the mission home when Elder Holland came there. Oh, when Elder Holland came and spoke, I remember writing this in my journal. What a just a powerful speaker, obviously, but. When the, when the apostles in the 70s would come speak to missionaries, they kind of let go a little bit. Um, I don't know if you guys had that experience as well. And he just came down on us, as like in a good way, Elder Holland. And he was walking up and down the aisles talking about how important it is to be um, the best missionary you can be and how important it is that you are spiritually in tune to help other people. And he's walking down the aisle and he's just going at it doesn't need a microphone and he's and he's spitting while he's talking and i remember a little bit of of elder holland's spittle if that's the right word graced me it fell on me it got on the side of my face and on my jacket and i remember thinking i will never wash my face again (laughs) (laughs) i have i have washed my face since then but i remember that was a amazing to meet the meet him and shake his hand and um, so I think I was with Elder Ashton at that time. Um, from Elder Ashton, we were then, I was getting closer to the end of my mission and I got to serve as a zone leader to finish the mission with Elder Mulford. You need to get Elder Mulford on here. Oh my gosh. What is it? Oh, what is his first name? Well, I, I can reach out to him. Were you still in Edinburgh at this point in time? Yep, they didn't send me back to Glasgow to finish off the mission. I got to I got to stay in Edinburgh. <laughs> but uh, Elder Mulford was is a, was an amazing missionary. Um, it was, he was probably the best missionary for me to end my end my mission with because he was he was already. I mean, again, he had been there. He'd been out for a long time at that point, but he was such a focused and spiritual guy. 
Um, oh, he was a terrible driver for the opposite reason, though. He wasn't fast or crazy. He was so timid that I thought we were going to get in crashes all the time. <laughs> but uh, very, very good missionary. Um, he he connected so well with members and um, so good. So good. Got to reach out to him. Elder Mulford. Um, gosh, I have some notes. Is it? A, I don't know what time we have. You're good. Yeah. Um, uh, pardon me again for bouncing back and forth. Um, in in Scotland, one of the things I thought that was really funny was the the even the members' priorities. <laughs> I sent you a picture of me at a member's house pointing at pictures on the wall. <laughs> Did you see this? Did you get a chance to look at that? Yeah. I don't know if you guys came across this. A lot of members of the church would have pictures of the the current prophet, the current um, presidency apostles joseph smith jesus christ and then it was always a toss-up between um oh what's his what's his name the famous um lds singer sang in vegas for a long time him and his sister donny osmond donny osmond and then donny osmond would always be on that wall with with the prophet and with jesus but <laughs> in the goldberg's house the picture i sent you on their wall next to all the apostles was Elvis Presley. Look at this. Thank you very much. There Thank he you is. Very much. <laughs> I got along with them because they thought yeah. I sounded like Elvis Presley when I talked. I think I saw John Wayne included a couple times. People oh, too. John Wayne. John Wayne, that's it. <laughs> is that great? So it's the, the members of Scotland are amazing, faithful and strong, growing up. Uh, or living in a place where there's all these different religions, but then they got to have Elvis, John Wayne, and the Oz. Oh, so good. So good. Um, oh, it's funny. And then speaking of, of uh, amazing members, Sister M, I think you've heard of, you've heard her. Did you guys know her in the, I think she's a Springboard ward. Is she Springboard? I may have met her, but I I didn't have many interactions with her at all. Well, she was one of those members that loved missionaries, and she would have us over for food all the time, and um, she would always get she would always get the uh, missionaries' home addresses to send like parents gifts and things. Um, well, when I came home after serving a mission, out of nowhere, during a church basketball game. In walks Sister M in Huntsville, Utah, to come watch me play basketball at a church basketball game. She just showed up in Huntsville, and she ended up staying the night at my parents' house. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> That's crazy. Any missionaries who know Sister M or knew Sister M would appreciate that story. She just showed up at my house. I remember that she slept on the, the couch at my parents' house for a couple of days. Wow. Pretty fun stuff. But yeah, so fun. You have a mission and you can't can't and wouldn't change it for anything. The, the missionaries that I got, that I was lucky enough to serve with, like I said, I must have been the, the worst companion in all my companionships because my companions were amazing. Great teachers, smart, in tune with the spirit, tough, all so good. I was lucky to serve with all of them. Um, Lucky to have President Frederick as a mission president um, and his wife. Oh, that woman could heal any sickness with Sprite and crackers. 
<laughs> Anytime. They'd call Sister M. Sister M, this missionary broke their leg. Oh, get them some Sprite and crackers. And that leg would be healed. An amazing woman. So I was lucky to be around them. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, Elder Black. I never got to serve with him. He is a he's a missionary from Ireland. Yeah, Brian. Brian, yeah. He was a great missionary. He was one of those missionaries that whenever I'd go on splits with him, I would just let him talk about his conversion stories. Kind of like Elder Elder Martin, just yeah. tough guys um, that grew up in a probably tough to grow up in where they were in the gospel, if that makes sense at all. Just powerful guys. My testimony grew just being on um, splits with him. If you can get him on here, have him do his Captain Hook impression. Um, <laughs> the, the hook from Hook. With oh, it's got to come on. Um, Dustin Hoffman, is that who that is? Who's Hook? Oh, yeah. Ah, he would do that impression all the time. Such a good missionary. I won't even attempt to try it. He was so good. Um, yeah, good stuff. I loved looking back at the, the pictures and, and stuff that I took of Scotland. I didn't take a lot of them, but, uh, being from the States, telling people that you served in Scotland, especially where I was from in Huntsville, president David O. McKay lived in Huntsville, Utah, and he obviously was a missionary in Scotland. And, um, so there's this big thing that when I got my, when I got the call to Scotland, it was like, Oh, another Huntsville missionary. Um, but the people back home are like, oh, Scotland's this beautiful place, rolling hills and sheep everywhere. And I mean, I would send pictures home of like that flat that I sent you where it's like high flats with spray paint graffiti everywhere and, and Ned's walking around 12 year olds smoking and drinking and calling you all kinds of things. And you're like, I can't send those pictures home to my mom. So it's such a good, such a good place. <laughs> I really did enjoy Glasgow. It gets a bad, a bad rap, but I really enjoyed Glasgow. Yeah, I didn't spend a lot of time in Glasgow city center, but I thought it was a pretty city. It has a lot of amazing architectural beauty. One of my favorite memories, as I remember walking up and down Glasgow, was seeing how many churches have been turned into nightclubs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I don't, that, does not com- that does not compute with my brain. But uh, yes, they were there. It was very, very funny. Uh, that's, I, I remember that now that you said that. <laughs> There's probably more attendance in those churches than most of them. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Very, very true. No, very good. Yeah, fun stuff. Again, thank you guys for asking me to be on here. And I I know there's going to be so many more stories that I remember as soon as we're done. But gosh, that, the best That's part of the way about, it goes. Yeah, the best part about you guys asking me to do this was to go back and go through journals and go through lesson plans and things. And I found one of my mission planners. You guys remember these bad boys. And yep. I mean, it was so it was intense, the stuff that we could pack into one day. I mean, we had, I mean, like every line is written with plans and backup plans and backup to backup plans and to-do lists. And we wrote members and investigators and 
missionaries' names to pray for. And what an amazing time, those two years. If I try, man, if I had this much um, time management right now, I'd be running the college. <laughs> nuts. Do you guys keep any of your day to day journals? Yep. I have a whole bag of them sitting right next to me. Here's here's my whole mission right here. Nice. <laughs> Mine got better. I don't know if you noticed that too. My first couple ones, again, you're just starting to learn how to be a missionary and it's all fluff and you don't really know what you're doing. And then by the time you're out for a year and then a year and a half, man, these things just became packed with stuff. It was This was our life for a while. Yeah. Pretty crazy. It's so, it's so true. Jack and I were talking about it one day and I was going through when we served together because Jack trained me in Peterhead. Oh, nice. And I'm just going through. I was like, yeah, we chapped a lot of doors. It's just hours of chapping. And then, yeah, it did. It like started to get more full and better planning and preparation. All and, right. But, you know, I'm. How many days I wrote chap with the arrow through the whole day was so it happened. It was too funny. Goodness. Did you guys, uh, um, do you guys remember writing more that you had to write a letter to the mission president? Was it weekly? Weekly. Yeah. Weekly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we got those, right. Didn't we get those back at the end of the, our mission? Yeah. Yep. Um, I remember again, I was serving, serving with elder Peckham, um, and so I'd, I'd been out for a while and I'd been writing those and I never knew what to write. I was like, oh, I don't want to not write something because I don't want President Frederick to think we're not not doing something. But I'm like, he's a busy guy. He probably doesn't doesn't want to read what Elder Johnson has to say. So it was like months. All I would write was President Frederick, Elder Johnson's doing good. And that's all I would write. And I would send it to him. And I was with Elder Peckham and I actually got a letter back. And it was kind of like a rebuking um, um, letter with heartfelt caring. But he's like, I want to know about you. But I just thought it was funny. He's like, I just, Ella Johnson's doing good. I wrote that for months. And I wrote that in my journal. Like every journal entry was doing good, doing good. And then it started to get more detailed as you grew and um, started to have more spiritual experiences and meet people and then you get those days where it starts today was not good and you learn and grow from those and ah, it was good thank you guys for making me go back and look at that stuff and and read how bad my spelling was and it is so good thank you for coming on uh we appreciate the time you've given us and you know you get enjoyment from hearing these podcasts and going back and reminiscing we get the same uh, it's a pleasure being able to talk to our fellow brothers in Scotland. Just have yeah. that common heritage as part of our lives. Right. Where what is it? Where thou art, act well thy part. That's gonna be part of us forever. Yep. It's very true. We I mean and we've intertwined with common missionaries too. Like we have people that we had interlap you know, um overlapping common you know time with that it's fun to talk about those people and brings back our memories of them and right it's just been it's been uh it's been a lot of fun 
really enjoyed it. So thank you, Jeremiah. Yeah, it has been fun talking. I know there's a lot of fun and goofy stories you talk about that brings um, brings laughter and things, but there are so many spiritual stories that, gosh, they just change you. Some of them you shouldn't share, right? So, but there's there's good. Thank you guys. Thank you a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good night. Yeah. Yeah. And what what one last uh, ask of you, Jeremiah? Share this with people. You know, you've got a great list of missionaries that we haven't talked to yet, and we'd love to get in touch with them and you know let them know how they can get in touch with us. Whether it's sending us a message on Facebook, adding us as adding me as a friend. I know Jack's not on there. Sorry, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or going online and going to 51 spylaw.com, the website, filling out a contact sheet or send us an email at SEM podcast at 51 spylaw.com. And we'll get you on the schedule. I mean, this has been a, a a work in progress, Jeremiah. I know you're busy with, uh, you know, holding down the athletic department since the AD is doing what he does. Uh, (laughs) But you know, we're, we've been looking forward to this and uh, got it on the schedule a few months out and it's worked out. So thank you for making, making time for us. Absolutely. Wouldn't miss it. So I'll definitely reach out to the, my group. I'll reach out to Peckham and Ashton and Gardner for sure. And I've taken a couple notes. Um, some of the other missionaries I mentioned, I'll see if I can get a hold of them. Cool. Great. Sounds great. We love you, Jeremiah. Thanks again. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Have a good night. All right. You too.